3: Australian bars,
2: titty discs,
0: and thats what to be known as from now on. Like, I'm gonna go into the Marvel Wikipedia and whatever it is. <laughs> the <worst titty> <laughs> get better than that. Comic
3: books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Hey guys, welcome back to another lightning horrific, little kid scary Doom Patrol horrific episode of fan holes comics motherfucker do you read them hey what's up guys this is Derek. Derek wc i'm gonna be one of your hosts tonight but i am not alone i am joined by two count them two of my fellow mansion inhabitants i don't know on on the podcast why don't you guys say what's up and uh say hello to everybody
2: hey it's mike and more wine with my workload the very idea
0: Hey, this is Justin. Yeah, so we're
3: actually here tonight. We're we're participating in a Giganticus podcast event. This is JL May 2023.
1: Just when you thought it was safe to hear our
2: podcast promo. JL May.
1: Brave and bold. Comic books. JL May. JL May, do 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 do, brave and the bold, do 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 do, comic books, do 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 do, JL May. JL May, do 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 do,
0: brave and the bold, do 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 do, comic books, do 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 do, JL May. JL May, do 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 do, and the bold, do 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 books, do 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 do, JL May. The annual podcast
2: crossover event celebrating the Justice League is back. We're covering the 2007 Brave and the Bold series that started with Mark Wade and George Freakin-Perez and ended with J. Michael Straczynski. Throughout the month of May, participating podcasts will release special episodes on issues in the run. It all kicks off in the Overlook Dark Knight podcast. Follow the event on social media using the hashtag JLMay2023. Coming this
1: May... J.L. Make do 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 to do, do. Brave and the bold do, do 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 do. Comic book do 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 to do. do. Met this Hey! That it? Is that what you want? The things I do for this show.
3: And what the entire podcast community decided to do for JL May 2023 was to discuss the 2007 Brave and the Bold series. So like a bunch of participating podcasts are out there and they're each tackling like maybe an issue or a few issues of this Brave and the Bold series. Uh, Just to give a quick overview, because we're covering issue number eight featuring the Wally West Flash and the Doom Patrol but in addition to issue number eight being covered out there on the interwebs, there's a ton of other podcasters, and it was a 35-issue series that was published by DC Comics. And I just thought, like, maybe I'd give some reference for, like, what what was going on at the time, because while this is a done-in-one, and it's also sort of part of a 12 part story type thing like at the same time like maybe there's there's stuff that even if you're listening to these podcasts one by one, you might not know everything like the periphery stuff that was going on at the time. And even me, like I'm, I'm sitting here kind of rereading things and taking notes for stuff. But then, you know, when, when you're, when you're in the shit, you don't concern yourself with that. Cause you're reading all the comics at the same time. So you kind of know what's out there on the stands and you're, you're cognizant of everything. But when you come back and revisit these things, like you sort of forget, like, where was this at the time? Like, what was I reading? Like, what was on the stands like all this kind of stuff and I think I think it would be relevant, at least for the characters that we're discussing, just to kind of briefly go over for reference, like what what was going on with the characters we're talking about. And then maybe uh, I was hoping maybe to give some context to to Mike and Justin, I I would go through and and tell them like some things that I thought maybe they'd be into or that they were reading at the time so they can make a connection and go, oh, yeah, that this came out when that came out, like, you know, that that whole kind of thing. So basically, this is what I've got for this Brave and the Bold 2007 series. So Wally West had a book, and it was still ongoing at this time. The same week that Brave and the Bold issue number eight came out, Flash 234 was on the stands, and of course, it it featured Iris and Jay, his kids, and the whole nine yards. Like That was a current thing going on in... Wally West's Flash title. That title would end almost a little over a year later at issue 247. The things that were going on in the DC universe, it, it hadn't quite, I know we had this discussion the last time and I put in a bunch of, you know, electronic lady voices to explain shit cuz cuz we couldn't remember all the details, but this is this is basically before Final Crisis. This is before the Flash rebirth. So, like during when this Brave and the Bold series came out, like, the the weekly series countdown was about halfway done. But Final Crisis doesn't happen until the following year, in 2008. And Flash Rebirth doesn't happen until 2009. As far as the Doom Patrol goes, the Doom Patrol were kind of in limbo. They were kind of on hiatus. The, the, the John Byrne reboot ended in early 2006. And technically, there wasn't a new Doom Patrol book until 2009 by Keith Giffen. But in between those, Infinite Crisis in 2007 kept Larry Trainer and Rita Farr alive from the Burn reboot, but also kind of simultaneously restoring all the previous continuities that Byrne had ignored in his reboot. And the same week that Brave and the Bold issue number eight the issue that we're going to cover tonight, was out on the stands. 52, Aftermath, The Four Horsemen, issue number one, was out on the stands. And the reason why that's important is because that that was a book where, like, the, the horsemen from the 52 that fought with Black Adam or whatever, there was a whole miniseries where the Trinity, you know, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, kind of confront the four horsemen or whatever. But in the midst of that, the Doom Patrol were featured coming to the aid of Wonder Woman and the chief was still working with Wonder Woman's then nemesis Veronica Kale. So like there there is a pretty strong, you know, Doom Patrol presence in the DC universe, but they just they didn't have their own title yet. And if you notice uh, Keith Giffen also wrote that 52 Aftermath, the Four Horsemen miniseries. So in some ways, it's almost like a precursor to him getting the gig to write the ongoing Doom Patrol book in 2009. And then for context, I just kind of wrote this down. Some stuff may stand out to people. You know, maybe it'll stand out to folks that are listening. Maybe it'll stand out to, you know, Justin and Mike. But I just kind of wrote down some big events and things that were going on at the time to kind of maybe trigger some, oh... That's when this was going on. So All-Star Superman was currently being released at this time. And over in the Batman titles, the resurrection of Ra's ghoul was running through all the bat titles of the day. Kurt. Busick was writing action comics and Superman at the time. Judd Winnick was concluding, he was close to wrapping up his 12-issue miniseries, the Trials of Shazam or Maxi series, whatever you want to call it, over at Marvel at the Distinguished Competition or vice versa. Like Messiah Complex was what was running in the X titles of the day. And World War Hulk was the big giant Mm -hmm. Marvel event at the time avengers initiative for mike was on issue seven that was released the same week that this was on the stands and because J. Michael Straczynski ends up writing like the the final number of issues in this Brave and the Bold series. I thought it's worth pointing out that uh, JMS had just started his Thor run when Brave and the Bold issue number eight came out. So he, he, you know, he I think he was on issue number four, if if I recall correctly. And specifically more for Mike than Justin, but probably for the both of you. IDW was in the middle. Of Transformers Devastation and Spotlight Ramjet also came out the same week as Brave and the Bold issue number eight. Robert Kirkman's Invincible was on issue number 46. And this is a specific shout out to Justin. Jason versus Freddy versus Ash was on issue number two wow. when this came out. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and then I, I guess, you know, because I, I was telling the guys I kind of wanted to just do a take on this Brave and the Bold run in general before we get into the, the specific issue proper, you know, kind of the fan holes take on it and everything. So, I, I mean, we were kind of talking about this right before we got into it, but I, I kind of want everybody to hear this. Like, so I, I, for the most part, was reading this book. I think I lost track of it, After the first dozen issues or so, like once the big giant arc was concluded and then I kind of randomly picked it up when I felt like it, because after that, I feel like it went into it it went from done in one, but also a gigantic like trade written for the trade arc type thing, event And then I think after issue 12, like it was mostly like one or two issue arcs or one or two issue stories. And it was kind of like you could you could join in or leave whenever you wanted. And then I remember the big pitch was like when JMS was going to write it and they kept talking about how, you know, I, I think all the. I don't know if it was, like, internet clickbait articles or what, but, you know, I just remember it was like, JMS has such an awesome idea for the Joker and the Atom to me! You know, like, and it was, like, this whole, like, they they were really trying to, like, spin and sell the hell out of it, or, you know, it'd be, like, some interview where it's like, I had this idea for Etrigan and Aquaman to team up, and it's so rad! You have
0: to read it!
3: You know, and so...
0: Wait, 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 did. Did Joker and the Atom actually team up? Did that
3: happen or no? Yeah, yeah. There's there's a Brave and the Bold with the Joker and the Atom. Uh, wrote, yeah. Okay. So 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 there's yeah there's lots of well I guess I guess that again that this probably brings an answer to some of these questions. But I, I, I'm guessing Mike's never read this before, and I I was I assumed that Justin had read more of this than he actually had. So so why don't you guys? Tell us, like, where, what, sort of, like, where you stand with this, the entirety of this series.
0: You assume too much, sir. Like, I was deep in the DC shit uh, during this time, during this era, but I was only like burn stealing this book. I mean, I don't know, like, I, I guess I was like crunching my budget and I wasn't buying it because, I mean, I, like, I should have been buying it because it was, you know, Markway, George Perez, but. I, I remember burn stealing maybe the first four or five issues and I was like, Yeah, this is this thing's fun, but I you know, I don't think I need to own these. You know, sometimes you walk into a comic store, you burn steal something, you're like, This is okay, but I don't feel the need to like own it. Like I'm just content, there, you know, stealing. There it. is
3: there is that aspect of this that like it doesn't matter if you, it, it, like, it's not part of the latest and greatest, like, event thing, right? Like, it's 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 just kind of its own thing, and it happens to be concurrent with whatever the current shape or form of the DC universe is. But, like, it, it, you know, on, on a whole, right? Like, you, you could easily take it or leave it, right? And if you take it and you enjoy it, then then it's great, right? It's good for you. But like you could easily kind of go, "Ah, well, this, you know, whatever happens at the end of this is not going to have any consequence for like the new 52 aftermath the horseman or, you know, like what whatever whatever, you know, tie-in that leads into an event that leads into a tie-in that leads into, you know, some, you know, seven brand new series or you know, like you're not like this isn't going to do any of that stuff it seems like, right?
0: I I will add one thing, though. Like, my reading of The Flash has always been haphazard. Like, I would get random issues of, like, the Mark Wade run, and I would have, like, big gaping holes in my reading, and, you know, I would fill in the gap by, you know, whatever Wizard was telling me or whatever was I was picking up on message boards. During this time, like, I remember there was kind of a deal going on about, you know, Wally and Linda's kids. Like, they got powers. It's a kind of a problem. And I just never found... The resolution to that or like the the piece of the puzzle for that story and i just kind of assumed that was concluded or furthered in like an annual or something i never read but i didn't know that story like wove through this book like if i had known it went into like this issue like i probably would have actually bought this but i think Mm, like i said like i don't think i don't even remember like looking at this cover or picking it up at anything
3: I mean, I think I think for me the strongest thing was what you were saying: fan favorite writer and artist team. Do you know what I mean? Like to me, it wasn't so much about what the content was; it was just kind of like, oh yeah, you know, I'll, I'll read something Mark Wade writes and 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 Perez on the the art. Like that that sounds great, you know. Like that sounds really cool. And I mean, I was a fan of the original. Brave and the Bold series too. So so if if I guess the the one aspect of this that maybe I'm missing, right, is that there is that semi-retro feel, right? They're they're trying to do, you know, maybe a faithful update of the original Batman Brave and the Bold concept, you know, like, like they're, there's, to me, it was like they were trying to serve like all masters in this, which I think exhausted them, right? Because they were, they were trying to do this faithful thing. Oh, we got to have Batman in it because, you know, it's a Brave and the Bold series, but we also got to do done in one stories while at the same time team up two different heroes, but. We're also going to do a long-form narrative because we're going to collect it into a trade paperback. And, you know, it's the 2000s. Like, everything's written for the trade. Like, we got to write for the trade, you know? And it's like that... Th- that seemed to be kind of like the mandates. And, and I, I do feel like, especially towards the end of this, there was a sense of exhaustion where, you know, eventually, I think the last couple issues Mark Wade wrote were just, you know, done in ones that had nothing to do with the giant arc. There were a bunch of fill-in writers like Dan Jurgens, Marv Wolfman, and some others I'm forgetting. And then I think right around issue 27, JMS comes on the book. Right. Until issue 35. Right. And 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 those were the what I was describing before, like these these kind of hype machine type issues where they're like, oh, my God, you won't, you know, the clickbait shit where it's you won't believe the team up idea that J.M.S. came up with, you know, like that that um, kind of thing. You know,
0: I, I know when it comes to his comic book writing, like you and I are not the biggest J.M.S. fans, but like, what was your opinion on his run?
3: I I mean when when this when this came up to pull back the veil like I did I did look to see if anyone had grabbed any of these cuz I knew the JMS ones were specifically done in one and and I I was kind of like oh is anybody going to talk about like you know Aquaman and the the demon cuz that you know that was fun and you know obviously like you know it's kind of infamous but Adam and the Joker and there the, there were other like I think there was a a, a Flash one because again the the other secret mandate was we're we're getting mike to read more flash comics right so i was i was also in the back of my head i was like oh well what what from here is flash related you know And, and i think there was a later jms one that did have something to do with the flash even though it escapes me but but i think a lot of those were spoken for they were claimed and i think when when i looked back at the initial 12 issues i was like oh Nobody's claimed this for whatever reason, and I was like, "It's got Flash, it's got the Doom Patrol, it's got um, Iris and Jay," and I was like, "Oh, th- this will be fun! Like, it's not, you know, I, I, you know, it's kind of the best of both worlds. It's this is kind of a done-in-one, but it's also kind of part of a larger narrative. So, you know, it kind of it kind of plays both sides of the street. So that's that that's kind of." You know what what I was going for, or whatever. But we 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 haven't heard much from Mike. So so I I just want to confirm. Like this is not anything you'd ever read before.
2: No. When you were describing like what was like uh, listing what was coming out at the time, I was kind of like. I think for DC stuff, like I was reading All-Star Superman and I was I'm trying to read like Final Crisis like hmm. like itself, which when we're not having much luck comprehending it. So like, uh, yeah, I, I was strictly Marvel at this point. And like, you know, I would, uh, you know, writers that I liked, like I liked Grant Morrison. So I would try and pick up some of his stuff and like, you know, obviously everyone loves All-Star Superman and that was pretty easy to follow. So I was reading that. But yeah, like nothing else, like nothing like, well, well, when I read this issue like today I was kind of like like nothing confused me like I understood like you know who everyone was and what they were doing and everything but I think that's more because like it's been a while since you know like I, I this that era so I like you know I picked up who all these characters are like through you know you talking to you guys and osmosis and like you know stuff like that so yeah. I, I think my only confusion is like how this ties into like you know the larger event or what the hell you know what is it the magic the magic magi- something like whatever that. Yeah, so so or...
3: it, it might it might be a good this might be a good springboard for that. Like the the what I sort of considered was like the, the the first twelve issues are two distinct arcs in my opinion. I don't know how anybody else is gonna frame these when they're podcasting or whatever, but like the first six issues, like the first trade, I would call like the Book of Destiny arc, right? And, and that can be collected into a trade. Right. So, so they're all, you know, Batman and, 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 uh, Green Lantern, you know, Hal Jordan's back, you know, Batman and Green Lantern. And then it goes to like, uh, Supergirl teams up with Green Lantern. And then I think like, uh, it's like Batman and, um, Blue Beetle, I think, team up in in the following issue. So they're you know they're they're doing the baton relay race, like everybody's running the race and passing the baton and switching partners. So it it but it's still flowing in this this kind of you know thing where by this sixth issue, like all the characters are gonna come back. And I think it was like Supergirl. You know, I don't know if she really teams up with Lobo, but Supergirl has adventures where she has to sort of, you know, reluctantly, you know, encounter Lobo or whatever. Right. So there's 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 fun stuff that is happening there. Right. And so by the end of it, the challengers of the unknown are entrusted with the book of destiny. Right. And so that's how it still continues like like technically i feel like that arcs you know has a finale it's got all the heroes teaming up at the end of the 6th issue but they were still trying to continue the the long form narrative because then the next six issues i'd call the the magistus arc right that's the bad guy magistus is the big bad or whatever of the arc right and so there's some hints of that in our issue because it's only like you know, in the grand scheme of things, if it's the second arc, you know, maybe maybe we call that the Megistus arc, and the first arc is the Book of Destiny arc. We're only in the second chapter of the Megistus arc, and, you know, spoilers, like, by the end of it, like, you know, the good guys win, and the Book of Destiny is returned to, you know, destiny. Um, So, Destiny gets his book back, everything's fine, like, you know, everything's hunky-dory, but we're sort of, in, in the middle ground here and there's, you know, kind of a done in one story that mainly deals with the doom patrol and flash and his kids and his wife. But there, there are peppered sprinkles of this, this Megistus thing, this, this, you know, the challengers of the unknown, having the book of destiny and, and, and seeing that there are, you know, I don't know, ties and, and, and webs weaving between all the different heroes that, have appeared to this point and will continue to appear within that 12 issue arc or whatever. Another thing that's worth mentioning that probably caused me to stop getting the book on a regular basis like, not only does Mark Wade leave by issue 16, but Perez stops at issue 10. And so that leaves Jerry Ordway to complete the Magistus arc. So and it's not that I dislike Jerry Erdway's work, but going from one, you know what I mean? Like if you're promised one thing and you're like, oh, boy, like George Perez is going to do this, you know, and then and then it switches on you. Like, you know, I've never been super keen on that. So so I, I, I and again, I don't know, you know, maybe some people will praise and, and have lots of uh, positivity for those two issues, those final issues or whatever. But again, if you were if if you're looking at it from the long form narrative point of view you know there may be a uh you know just some slight disappointment that oh it's too bad you know Perez couldn't do the the final two issues right where you know I think Superman fights um Ultraman and then and then all the heroes come together because like you know basically you know spoilers uh Metamorpho's body is possessed by Megistus so like they you know they fix everything and and they fight Megistus and you know everybody teams up and everything's hunky-dory and they return the book back to destiny but that's i mean that's basically kind of what happens in in that whole arc so that's i don't know that, that basically that's just how that how that goes down and then like i said after that uh, i'd say it's you know one to i don't know or maybe two to three issue little you know story arcs or done in ones or whatever. You know, until the end of the book. So the the further out you go, the less uh, connective tissue I feel they have, or or at the very least, the connective tissue is limited to two or three issues.
2: But yeah, I mean, like you know, I had read Infinite Crisis, so I knew Wally like got sucked into the Speed Force with his you know family and whatever. And then like I heard, you know, oh, they came back and the kids are all grown up and stuff. And I was like, oh, OK, so that's cool. So like, you know, I, I didn't have trouble fo- like, you know, following that. You know, I know who the Doom Patrol is, like, I know all, all their deals, like, I don't have trouble following that, and you know, I know who Metamorpho is, and like, maybe I was confused, I was like, you, like I said, like, the connections to the larger event, I was like, okay, what happened to Metamorpho? Why did he just disappear? Like, you know, and, you know, you just kind of explain that, so, that, I mean, that was the only thing I really had trouble following.
3: Well, I mean, and I guess if you're reading it in real time, you're not supposed to know either, right? It's supposed to be a big mystery, like, like, why does Metamorpho disappear like where did he go do you know what i mean and it's like and they they kind of string that out for a little bit because i think like the issues that follow ours like i don't think you get back to metamorpho until like issue 10 or 11 or whatever and then you're like oh well you know they're finally going to tell us like what, what happened with metamorpho, you know, type thing. So yeah, exactly. I'm going to have a bunch of the participating podcasts in the show notes with hyperlinks to all their various sites. And just so everybody knows the participating podcasts are the overlooked Dark Knight, Dial F for Flanger, The Bat Pod, Legion, The Acronym Legion Podcast, The Legion Project, Teal Productions, Right On Network, Justice Trek, Pop Culture Affidavit. It All Comes Back to Superman, Longbox Crusade, Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, Married with Comics, Superman in Crisis, The Lantern Cast podcast of Oa, JLI Boahaha podcast, The Rolled Spine podcast, Weird Warriors magazines and monsters once upon a geek head speaks coffee and comics aquaman and firestorm the fire and water podcast and of course us the Fanholes podcast so those are all the participating shows i guess if if you're just listening to us and you want to check out the other ones you can you know check all those out in the show notes and i i believe the overlooked dark knight is going to be issue one because you know batman's in it and and so then you know it'll kind of disperse throughout the various shows i imagine i i I don't have a one for one on who's covering what or at least i, I don't i don't have it off the top of my head i mean i imagine some of the green lantern podcasts are going to cover some of the hal jordan stuff and you know the superman podcasts are going to cover some of those appearances and, and that whole nine yards but um you know we're we're here like i explained our you know, my my you know secret mandate was to to get Mike to read some more Flash comics, and this seemed to fit that mandate. And we also got to participate in this event. So I think what we'll do is we'll take a short commercial break, and then when we come back, we're going to be talking about Brave and the Bold issue number eight. Stay tuned.
0: Show. Oh, wrong show. <laughs> do <Do-do>. do show. <laughs>
2: This be some spread. Gambit not gonna be playing solitaire tonight.
1: Gambit, what are you doing over here? Talking to yourself in the third person. And what's all this food?
2: Oh, Professor, Gambit have plans tonight. Once Cher shows up, Gambit gonna wine and dine her. Then we gonna listen to Fan Holes, the pop culture podcast made for the fans, by the fans.
1: Fan Holes? I'll not have my school turned into a den of debauchery and science fiction trivia. No, Gambit. You'll just have to perform your obscene mating rituals elsewhere.
2: Uh-oh, sound like the professor getting a little cranky. Gambit think it's time for you to go to bed.
1: What? What are you- oh! Unhand me at once! Unhand me, you swamp-fed ignoramus! Relax, Me. Game bit just gonna
2: tuck you in real nice.
1: Uh, X-Men, emergency, help! Uh-huh. Curse you, fanholes! And hey, don't mess with the fanholes!
3: Weekly content on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and fanholespodcast.blogspot.com
1: I you to kiss from That damn song is stuck in my head now. Thanks a lot, Pete Holmes. My mind!
3: All right, so we're back from that commercial break, and we are back to talk about Brave and the Bold, issue number eight. Getting right into it, I'm going to read a hopefully short synopsis, and then we will discuss the issue. We open in Medias Reyes with Wally West, also known as The Flash's kids, Iris and Jay, attacking Larry Trainer, also known as Negative Man, and Cliff Steele, also known as Robot Man of the Doom Patrol. We then cut to Challenger Mountain, the headquarters of the Challengers of the Unknown, where Red, Rocky, and June are looking through the Book of Destiny, witnessing the same battle between the Doom Patrol and the Flash's kids that we, the readers, are! Back to the story. Wally West continues to tear up letters he receives from Dr. Niles Calder, also known as the Chief of the Doom Patrol. Linda tells Wally the Chief has also been sending emails and voicemails rather persistently, telling both mother and father he can help with Iris and Jay's unstable powers. As Linda and Wally argue, the kids snoop in on their parents' discussion. They finally decide to use the JLA teleporter to bring the whole family to see Dr. Calder. While Calder is a bit frosty during the introductions, Rita Farr, also known as Elastigirl, tries to lighten the mood and make friends with Iris and Jay. The kids run off with Rita while Wally and Linda speak to Calder. When Rita's arms stretch out, the kids freak out and run off only to run into Robot Man, who sends them running scared in the other direction. Then the kids bump into Negative Man, who they think is a mummy, and they vibrate into the torture chamber to escape. Negative Man heads after them in his negative form. Dr. Calder realizes that Iris's vibration powers and Jay's muscle growth powers are not only making the kids unstable, but could lead to their accelerated decrepitude. Although Calder is offering to help with a machine that will stabilize their powers, Wally is still on edge with his kids' lives on the line. When gas comes out from the lab, he suspects foul play from Niles, but it turns out to be the Element Man! Metamorpho, Metamorpho! Boop, 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 boop. The chief invited Metamorpho as he believes his element powers will be able to help the kids. Now we are finally caught up to the opening splash page where Iris and Jay are attacking Larry and Cliff. Rita ends the fighting with a gigantic hand between the participants and invites them all to dinner. Dinner doesn't go well as the Doom Patrol continue to frighten the kids. Dinner is cut short, but the experiment proceeds as Metamorpho and the kids are hooked up to Calder's machine. Something goes wrong when Metamorpho is taken away mysteriously only robot man's body can contain the children in their element forms but the chief declares it can only be one of the children and Wally West must decide which of his children will live or die instead Wally intends to use both robot man and negative man to save both of his children Robot Man will contain Jay, as the Chief suggested, but Iris can use her vibrational powers to lock onto Larry's Negative Man mode. The end result is Jay is turned into a little Robot Man Jr. and Iris is a little Negative Woman Jr. Ultimately, all parties are restored to their own bodies, and the only clue regarding Metamorpho's unexplained disappearance is the name Megistus, edged in acid on his tube in the Chief's machine wally linda and the kids quickly teleport home and wally asks the jla to continue the search for metamorpho later when linda and wally get ready for bed he confesses to his wife that even though he quickly had the idea to use negative man's powers to save both children he did pick one of the two children and is clearly torn up over his split second impulse we then cut back to rocky at challenger's mountain Getting sucked into reading the Book of Destiny before June snaps him out of it. This isn't the first time the name Megistus has popped up for the Challengers of the Unknown, and it won't be the last. As the teammates walk away from the book, the pages begin to take the shape of a hand containing all the players from the last eight issues worth of stories. Dun dun dun! And that is Brave and the Bold issue number eight. I guess to kick it off, we can talk about the cover for a little bit. I think it's kind of cool. It's kind of kind of Silver Agey Flash, kind of a throwback. You know, they say, Flash, only you can save us from them! And, you know, the them is probably Iris and Jay. And it's like, it's one of the, you know, like a lot of people point to those as like, oh, these covers lie to us all the time. But it's like, it's not really lying. Like, they are afraid of whoever it is, but they're afraid of, wally's kids which is kind of funny at the same time too so i
2: don't
0: know what do you guys think of the cover
2: i like it (laughs) i was just gonna say it's like i was like oh cool george perez like so yeah
0: yeah uh i like it too for reasons Derek states it's kind of like a you know throwback to like a silver age i don't know it it's it's one of those things that's lost today in comic books when you've got like a speech balloon like they don't mm-hmm. they don't do that anymore. But even in 2008 they were starting to shy away from that. It just I don't know. I guess they felt it was too cheesy or something. But like I don't know. Sometimes it can be fun and you know this is a fun cover and it's George Perez, so it's cool in my book. Yeah,
3: definitely, definitely fun and definitely cool. And yeah, we we as as older fans we do lament that uh, speech balloons and. Stuff that has to do with the actual story isn't always reflected on the cover any longer. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess I kind of went through some of the background. But, yeah, this is this is Wally and Linda, and they're raising their kids, Iris and Jay. If, if you want to feel ancient, I mean, I know you guys are always calling me an old man, but even Iris and Jay don't get Linda's Munsters reference. So guess what, guys? You're all old now. Yeah. <laughs> You're all old now, because because they don't even get the monsters reference, and I know Justin knows what the monsters is. What? I'm like, what? Did, didn't they didn't they watch um TV the, Land, the, the, Nick at well, Night or something? TV Land, Nick at Night. I was thinking like, wh- what about the um what about the awful like 80s sitcom oh, remake Monsters remake too, right? Monsters Today. Like oh, they didn't no. watch that either. No. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now that we've now that we've established we're all old.
0: I have I have questions. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Have you read a lot of Challengers of the Unknown because it's kind of for me it's kind of a blind spot. Like I've read sporadic stuff. Like I last year I sat down to read this nice collection of like the Jet Kirby stuff, but I only I only got like maybe 3 issues into it and I kind of like, you know, as I as usually happens to me, I got distracted. So like my reading and knowledge of challenger of the of the unknown is sporadic and like in this era like it's kind of like non-existent so can you fill in some gaps there
3: i'm trying to think if they had like i don't think you know i didn't do any research on this and i don't think they had an ongoing book or anything like that i mean I always thought of them as, I mean, they're they're kind of like a DC version of the Fantastic Four, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the concept, right? I mean, they were they were a Kirby creation. For me, like, and maybe it's basic bitch shit, but the stuff that stands out when you talk about Challengers of the Unknown for me, like, outside of, you know cameos in like some major major events like you know they, they had a big role in the new frontier like they they stood out there there it's been a long time since i've read it but and and who knows maybe i'd look back on it now and poo poo it like i do all this stuff but you know uh lobe and tim sale had their Challenger oh, of the of the yeah, Unknown miniseries. I mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've read that and it's been a long time since I've read it. But that was something I remember. I specifically went back and and checked out, you know, because of the whole hype about, you know, Long Halloween and all this other stuff that I'm not like super crazy about. But I did go back and read that, you know, Sale and Loeb Challengers of the Unknown uh, miniseries. I think it was like around... It was either the year before or it was like right around the time. It was like in the 80s when he was writing Commando as a screenplay or something or around that same time, I think. The other thing that stands out to me is when they did the like amalgam stuff because it was like they did amalgamate, I think, mm, the challengers yeah. with, uh, with the FF and and all that stuff. So there was there was that I think it was like Carl Kiesel and Grummet did the the amalgam for that, if I recall correctly. And so, like, that was something else that sort of stood out to me. But, I mean, then after that, it just seems like they, you know, like something like this, they get plucked in and, and you know, it's like I, I think mainly probably because they didn't have an ongoing book. Nobody's using them. I mean, like, I guess you could point to those. Um, what was the, um, it was like Showcase, I think, right, where like them and Swamp Thing team up like towards the tail end of it, like there's that. And, and like, you know, it's like there, there, there are these things where, you know, a lot of DC characters, they, they still were able to have like ongoing stories or make appearances, but it, it wouldn't have necessarily been in a book with their name where it was featured, like that whole kind of thing. But I mean, I mean, I just think of them as like adventurers, you know, like that's, I mean, they're almost like a powerless fan, like, like if Reed and Johnny and Sue and Ben took the ship up and then landed and didn't get the cosmic powers, but then continued to go do crazy shit like that, like, you know, like, oh, let's steal an F-15 and let's, you know, let's, let's go adventure and, and, uh, you know, Go visit uh, the underwater kingdom of Atlantis and steal Namor's like horn that like you know controls all these monsters or whatever. You know what I mean? Like like I I I just feel like that's kind of their their
2: jam or whatever. Yeah, I, I know the challengers from the New Frontier, and that's about it. I think like aside from you know. Oh, and weren't they on the Brave and the Bold too? Yeah. like the cartoon. Yeah. yeah, like I yeah. So I remember that like.
1: Time's running out for... but Challengers of the Unknown. Ace Morgan, Daredevil test pilot. Professor Mark Haley, master scientist and scuba expert. Red Ryan, famed adventurer and mountain climber. Rocky Davis, world champion triathlete. Brains, brawn, skill, and guts. They are... The Challengers of the Unknown.
3: I don't know if that helped any, Justin, or if that answered any questions. I mean, like, some of the some of the classic Kirby stuff, like, I think I've probably perused some of it, but like you, I don't think I've read it, like, in its entirety, much less in any kind of chronological order. And then I guess I've, I, I already mentioned this in the preamble, but, you know, for reference, the big mystery, Megistus actually, you know, takes over Metamorpho's body, and they have to, like, you know, free him and, you know, the whole nine yards and stuff like that. I guess the biggest elephant in the room. I mean, it's funny because I feel like we had Mike Reed, the return of Barry Allen, which I feel like is the, the pinnacle, the height of Wally West as the flash, like, or at least a turning point of him moving in that direction, you know, becoming what I think, you know, maybe me and some of my friends that read the comics at the time, you know, he's the speed force guru, you know, he's he's he's, you know, the, the the Wally Weston Morrison's JLA that like steals speed from people and gives speed to other heroes. And, you know, just the, the whole nine yards, like like Wally being like the best he's ever going to be. But this feels like I mean, I, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I, I kind of feel like Wally not choosing between his kids is the heroic thing. But then they kind of walk it back and he says he did make a choice between them. And I sort of felt like, oh, this is like heralding, like all the awful things to come after Barry Allen comes back, I guess.
2: When I when I saw the title of the story was Wally's Choice, I was like, oh, eh, that's funny. But then I was like, oh, they were kind of being literal with that reference. Like
0: I remember that was kind of a. A f- frequent topic of heated discussion on some message boards, like when Barry came back, there was a lot of talk that, like, he was going to be taking over the Flash and they were going to start pushing Wally to side. And I was like, no, that's not going to happen. Like, you guys are crazy. And, well, we know how it went, so.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but, like, I just, I, I just couldn't imagine that happening. I was like, no, like, you know, Wally's a dude, you know, like, this is, you know this is just a temporary thing. Like Barry will have like some heroic moment and he'll go away again. I'm not saying he'll die, but he'll like, he'll do something and he'll go away. He'll go into the future. Or he'll go into the past or, or something. And like, you know, we've had Wally since, you know, since infinite crisis, like we're, we're, you know, we're sticking with him. He's got a wife and kids, but that's not what happens. So
3: <laughs> So what did you, I mean, I don't know. How did you take that? that, you know, that last moment of him and Linda in bed and him sort of confessing to her, like, did that feel like Wally to you? Did, did you have a problem with it? Did you think it was fine? Like that it fit his character? Like, I mean, I, I felt uneasy about the whole thing, but I'm, I'm just curious what your, your guys' take on that whole moment was like, do you think that was a worthwhile inclusion? Do you think it, it may be blemished, him as a character like what I don't know I'm just I'm not not, you know again I'm not trying to like you know elicit the response that that I have or that I want I just I just want to know what your your take on it is
0: I could have done without it you know like sometimes when you watch a movie and you're like okay well this is the end like they've wrapped everything up then it keeps going for Mm. another five minutes and you're like you know I could have I could have did without that last five minutes like I didn't I don't know. I don't think it, like, sullies Wally's character or anything, but I could have did without it. It's like, okay, he had, like, seconds to react, so he made a choice within seconds, and then he, like, immediately came up with his solution. Like, I've split second later, so, like, I don't, I mean, I don't think he should feel bad because he still mm. saved the day but in his mind he still like made a choice and he feels like he feels guilty because he chose one over the other yeah yeah and I'm like what I'm glad though is like I'm glad it didn't go an extra minute and I'm glad they didn't tell us which one because I think that would have been like mm. you know too much like too far
2: okay yeah I was well, gonna wh- ask do they ever go back to that do they ever reveal which of his kids he chose or uh,
3: not that I know of
2: I think it's like, uh, that's like in maybe like in now, like I'm an only child and I don't have kids myself, but maybe that's like an ugly truth that no one wants to confront. Like when, mm-hmm. you know, you have multiple children and like maybe like, you know, maybe deep down, like, you know, a parent maybe. You know, I'm sure most parents love their kids equally, but deep down they're like, Well, you know, maybe I like this one kid, you know, a little more than the other. Like, you know, but you know, maybe that's an ugly truth that people don't wanna confront and they don't want to see like their heroes confronted either.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, like um, Derek, you remember Zathras from Babylon Five? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like I don't know, in terms of me and my brother, I always felt like they were like they looked at me and they were like not the one, not the one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's still true, but I, that's, that was always kind of my, my feeling at the time. when I was like, I mean,
3: I guess, I guess, yeah, I should, I should, uh, uh, be transparent and, and, and say, I am, I am with Mike as, you know, yes, I'm an only child. Like, so I don't know if my point of view is, uh, is colored by that or whatever, you know, like that, that I'm an only child or whatever. But, and I, I don't know, there's still that part of me. That's like, even, even if, even if like one is your favorite over the other, which means maybe you spoil them more or, or whatever. Right. Like, it's like, I don't know. There's something about like, I I don't know. I, I, I feel like that's gotta be like, the impossible choice and then you make the impossible choice and then you feel bad about it because you, it's like he made the impossible choice in a split second, like you said, and then in another split second, he said, fuck that. And did the captain Kirk thing where he's like, you know, I'm not going to face death. Like we you know, death doesn't win today, you know, or, 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 or maybe what everybody loves about doctor who, you know, nobody dies today, you know, whatever, you know, and, and, and he, he, you know, the difference is, you know at least with with this situation he pulls it off right so then as long as you pull it off i'm okay with you making that declaration that i i just i can't stand it when people say stuff like that and then they fucking trip up over their shoelaces and it's like whoops i guess people do die today sorry you know like that that's the part of it that i'm like okay well that then then you don't look as cool you know making the declarative statement or whatever and i i guess i could see what what mike's saying like, like that 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 there's these ugly truths that people don't want to don't want to face about you know preference or something like that you know like like that that somehow you you do have favorites you know or whatever like or or if somebody forced you to choose you would make a choice or whatever the the scenario is and that kind of thing but i don't know i just i i just figured for you know it, it's one of those things where it, it, i don't know it 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 also seems kind of like out of place for the yeah this this is kind of like a retro book in a way but brought into the modern era but like you know kind of what we were talking about before like for the most part even as uh i don't know even even as as uh shady as as Calder can get, right? Like it's still kind of like in this, at least it's a it's a fun story. Do you know what I mean? Like like it's 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 just kind of like, oh, look, you know, they 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 you know, I mean, think of it. She refers to them as the monsters, not like uh, you know, the Manson family or Texas chainsaw massacre. Or so, you know what I mean? Like there's there's a line, right? It's like monsters are fun. It's like they're spooky, but they're fun. And so they went to a spooky house. They met some spooky people. They they they, they had some stakes. Some people, they, they could have died, but they didn't. And everything's fine. And now everybody's going on about their business, except for Metamorpho, who, you know, while he's still doing the hero thing, he's like, I'm gonna have the JLA look for the guy because, you know, we don't know what happened to him, right? So, And then as part of this ongoing longer narrative, but all of that is fun. But then I feel like that one moment, like, even even if, even if you're saying like, okay, it's an ugly truth and we want to, we want to inject a little bit of realism into this and whatever. Okay, fine. But it's like, I, I guess just on the fact that it's ugly is like, oh, wait, there's some, some there's this ugly moment in my, in my fun. Like, wh- why? Like, like what, like, and and it'd be different, I guess, if it, if it led to something later, right? Like if it, if it played out during the 12 issues or, or even if like Mike was saying like, does this ever come up again? And I don't think it does. So I'm just like, w- w- the, the, the only reason why I felt like focusing on it so much is I feel like we've shown Mike, you know, like, like, you know, Wally at one of his highest points. And, and to me, this is like the beginning of Wally, you know, going to like, a, or or will be going to a lot of low places after, you know what I mean? Like that, that, that degradation of a character you followed for so long. And, and, and it, to me, I mean, I, in my opinion, you know, thing, things get worse than this. It's like, this is just like a, you know, this is like, I don't know, you accidentally stick your, your, your carrot in oil or something. And you're like, that, that tastes terrible, you know, but then it was just the one carrot. Right. But then it's like, you know, as they continue going on, it's like, I don't know, it's like you dunked your whole refrigerator in the, you know, freaking oil or what, you know, like whatever it is. Right. Then it's just, it just ruined everything, you know? So I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I think as far as, you know, this ongoing story arc, like, you know, for the most part, it was fun. And, and I liked it a lot. I liked that you got to encounter the, the Doom Patrol. I mean, I, I, I haven't, I mean, I, I I talked about, you know, one of my spinner rat comics with Tony about the Doom Patrol. Like I read the Doom Patrol 17. That was like an invasion tie in. And that was like one of my early Doom Patrols. I know we've talked about the Morrison run on this show. So, I mean, we, we have, on occasion, talked about the Doom Patrol. I mean, I, I like the Doom Patrol a lot. I mean, I, I still watch the TV show. I, I like Robot Man uh, especially, I think. I mean, I, it, as much as he's trapped in a robot body and 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 maybe he, somebody would think he's not relatable, I think, I don't know, he just seems like an average Joe in a robot body and just, to me, seems very relatable.
0: I, I do love this sequence where, like, the kids are constantly like freaked out by the Doom patrol it's like rita's arm stretch and they're just like ew we touched her and then they encounter like robot man in the dark and he's like "Mm, flesh and he's like wait i was kidding and then they run into and then they run into negative man and he's like a mummy what (laughs) yeah Yeah. i I mean it's like like that's fun like they you know we know these characters are heroic and they were never her kids but then they're like running around spooky monster castle and they're like, wait, this this lady is constantly smiling and her arms are stretching. This robot guy wants our brains. He wants to eat us. And now there's like a glowing mummy like we got to get out of here.
3: I mean, it just it makes me reflect that I've I've at least, you know, I, I don't know that I can say I'm a faithful Doom Patrol reader that I I followed them you know consistently and read every single thing that came out when it came out on the stands because i can't say that but it does make me reflect that you know there were points where i you know when i started reading comics it was the 80s and i i read issues from that doom patrol run and then every volume after that i at least if if not you know Read a lot of. I tried. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it was like I I think I think ironically I liked the volume before Burn rebooted a lot more than I liked the Burn reboot. And then when they did that revival with Giffen, I remember following that pretty closely too. So it's like, I mean, and and, and so you know I don't know, and and I I enjoyed when we uh, you know, I guess I I don't think any of us revisited it. It was almost like a first time for most of us on the show when we were reading the the Morrison stuff you know and so I I mean I and I kind of embraced that and took it as an opportunity to read as much of it as I could so it's like I don't know I I I enjoy the characters I mean I guess there's the aspect of you know the chief is always portrayed like a a, you know nefarious guy with ulterior motives kind of like you know Professor X is a jerk you know the whole x-men parallels and everything that that are to be found with the doom patrol and i i don't think it's that much different here i mean i feel like this is more this version of the chief even though he's like a spooky monster's chief is more like the the chief that was played by that terrible actor in the titans episode instead of Mm. um instead of by uh uh um why am I blanking now? Instead of um, Timothy Dalton, you know, like doing doing him in the, the TV show. Do you know what I mean? Like Timothy Dalton seems more like, you know, the, you know, the 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 heroic Professor X, the you know, the, the chief that, you know, uh, you know, yeah, he, you know, he might he might get into some trouble and whatever. But deep down, like he's he's a good guy and he's looking out for you know, people, not just trying to take advantage of them, you know what I mean? And they they, they they, definitely, you know, throughout the history of the Doom Patrol, they definitely play with that, right? Like, in some cases, that is true. And in other cases, you're like, Oh, no, this guy's a complete, you know, a complete and utter tool, you know what I mean? Like, so it, I, I think it just depends on, you know, what what era you're reading, and, and how, how far they, they take that kind of, you know, thing like that, you know, like the the same way it's like, Oh, how far did they go with professor X? Like, is he, is he thinking about, uh, you know, fondling Jean gray and turning into onslaught or whatever? Or is he, you know, just, you know, a, a cool dude who, you know, mind zonks people for money in Vegas and uses the money to pay for his kid's school or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, but I, I I'm curious, like, like, I mean, do you guys have any, history with the Doom Patrol? Like, is there anything about the uh, Doom Patrol in general you you want to discuss?
0: I mean, I've always liked the Doom Patrol, but kind of like yourself, I, I definitely couldn't say I'm like a mega huge fan. Like, whenever they have an ongoing title, like, I always you know, I would, I would always give it a try, and I've read quite a large chunk of the Silver Age stuff, and, you know, we've, we've talked about the Morrison run, you know, mm. I've heard that, so... I, I like them. Whenever they show up, I'm happy to to see them. Like, and seeing them here is fun.
3: I mean, in some ways, it it is a precursor too to like that whole mandate of them sort of restoring Silver Age type stuff, right? Like, Wally hasn't been replaced by Barry's return just yet, but you know, Hal is back already. You know, the the you know, Ollie had returned from the dead, like that whole thing, right? Like, so, and and Rita and Larry not being dead, you know, like that's, I mean, in its own way, I mean, in the world of the Doom Patrol, that's almost as big a deal as, as Barry being alive again, you know? So it's like, it's, it's interesting how, how all that sort of panned out. And, and basically it was like, oh, well, we didn't like what Byrne did with the reboot, but we liked that he brought back these characters that we were probably going to bring back anyway. So we'll, we'll keep them around, you know, like, and so, and, and it's funny too, cause I, I guess I never, I don't know, there, there was that aspect of me when I took, the Doom Patrol at face value, I was always kind of like, what's so bad about these guys? Like, you know, it's like, I don't know, Rita still looks pretty and so what? So Larry's got some bandages and, and, and so, you know, Cliff is a robot, like who cares? But I think the more I, I read the stuff, the more I see the Doom Patrol, you know, in action, it's kind of like, oh, I sort of get it. It's like, they were just, it, it it meant different things at different times and like i think you know those those classic what is it my greatest adventure stories you know what i mean like that was that was the ultimate in freak back then is like oh my god your brain's in a robot like you' you're a freak you know what i mean like but i think with with a lot of i don't know sci-fi tropes like maybe that became less freaky by the time i was reading it but like i i think that's that's the stuff where you know Morrison's like, "Oh, you want to see something freaky, eh? All right, I can come up with that." You know, like and and it just went, it went kind of, kind of batshit crazy or whatever. This like he's like, "I've got this," you know, "I got it down pat" or whatever. And so like that's I don't know, it, it, it's it's interesting to me because you know that that's something they tapped into, I think, on the TV series too. Is like everybody's kind of like, you know they're they're heroes, but they're also kinda outcasts and and so like there is that aspect of it. And so you can see why, you know, some you know, kids like Jay and and Iris would kind of, you know, be frightened or you know, think of them as like the monsters or whatever we're calling them, you know.
0: Fuck fucking
1: fuck fuck fucking fuck. fucking fucking fuck fuck fucking 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 fuck 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 fuck
3: Right. Well, I guess if if nobody has anything else, we're going to call it a night. And again, uh, check out all the participating podcasts for JL May 2023. Again, they'll all be down there in the show notes for you. If you want to check out all the other participating podcasts. And we, of course, we can be found over on the podcast.blogspot.com. You can direct download all the episodes there. And we've got in addition to comics, motherfucker. Do you read them? We've got all kinds of shows. We've got the proper fanholes podcast and all of our spin-off shows. So you can also direct down those as well. And if you have any comments, any questions, any angry emails, you can send them to fanholespodcast at gmail.com. And we can be streamed. We're over on Apple Podcasts, Google play Stitcher Radio, Spotify and Amazon Music and we can be found on social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and we appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares and retweets that we receive. So, until the next time, this is Derek, Derek WC signing off.
2: This is Mike and if you want to tell us which of your kids are your favorite, like we won't tell anyone. <laughs>
1: And this is just some metamorpho, metamorpho. rex mason was his real name metamorpho, metamorpho a soldier of fortune didn't care about fame metamorpho metamorpho until fate took a hand in the game water Yeah, there, yeah, there, yeah! Rearrange his molecules just like that, become anything he'd like at the drop of a hat. Be a hero, a king, yet he'd chuck it all if he could be the one thing he just can't be. Playing Rex Mason, I know cause you'll see, I am the element man.
3: Hello. Hi, this is Michael signing off. How' am a
0: duty yet
2: Mike? Hello? Am I here? Hello. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. you're here. Am I I don't know, my mic cut out again.
3: Oh, okay. I was gonna say, uh Mike had all this okay. uh all this and, insightful and, uh, shit to say about the doom patrol we just i think it, it's like
2: i think it's like every time a molto asks me like do you want to keep recording it like fucks up my mic so mm. Mm. okay uh, whatever but just curiously like have uh like with dc director dc have they completed like a doom patrol can you make the doom patrol like with action figures the, or
3: the dc universe classics did because the the retail line had a robot man mm-hmm. and then they had a negative man and then um in the signature line the one that you could subscribe to uh one of the build the figures which you know was just part of the sub was uh like a giant uh elastigirl you know a rita far or whatever yeah, cool. so i mean for all intents and purposes like Yes. Like, I mean, you know, there, there's the argument to people that are like, I want Mento, I want the chief, I want blah, 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 blah. But I mean, you know, like, I mean, as far as like robot man, negative man and, and Elastigirl, like, yes, you you can put all those guys together. So that they, they are who are in my, you know, brave and the bold shelf because they had their brave and the bold episode or whatever. So cool. Yeah. And I've I've messed around with fake Niles Calder type stuff where I put like the, the bearded Peter Parker head on a suit body and did a bunch of Photoshop or you know. I was gonna say, can you stuff.
2: custom like a Professor X figure into yeah, yeah. Niles Calder?
3: Yeah, plenty of people do do stuff like that all the time. So yeah.